0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Raw show with Michael McDonnell and I'm here with a very special guest. We have Jane Wilmot with us today who is a successful coach for entrepreneurs all around the world and she helps them make a bigger impact with their business, allowing them to earn the income that they desire. So Jane, thanks very much for, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I thought we would we'd start with a bit of your background. So share with the listeners a little bit about where you grew up what it was like and share a bit of your own story
1: yeah, sure. So, um, well, I would imagine for those of you who can understand accents, you've probably worked out that um, I'm Welsh, obviously. Uh, but for those of you who are not very good at accents, um, I'm from South Wales. Um, I was born in a town, same town as Tom Jones, actually, big up to Tom Jones. And um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's where, that's where uh, I grew up. Um, I went to a Welsh primary school, a Welsh secondary school. I mean, you know, growing up type of thing. There's not like a whole bunch to say. I suppose I was just just the same as any other kid and teenager, really. Um, I mean, my father was an alcoholic, so I had all those types of things to deal with. I did, however, move to um, an English school when I was uh, 15, almost 16, and then... um, yeah, I left school a couple of months before I was supposed to, and um, I left without any qualifications whatsoever. Zero, zelch, nothing. So, um, yeah, I mean, not a huge tend to say, to be honest. It was school, it was there, it was childhood. Um, it was part of life, I guess, you know. All
0: right, so obviously now you... Now you run your own businesses, and you'll probably class yourself as a business owner or or an entrepreneur. So, was there anything that you could pinpoint that like helped you do that? So, obviously, we we often hear that being a business owner, being an entrepreneur, is very much like conditioned into us, or we're born with it. So, so is there anything that that sticks out that you think would probably play a part in that?
1: I mean, I'm not one of these people that can say that, oh, you know, I was out selling kind of like bars of chocolates, you know, at 13 or whatever. I mean, at 13, I was doing many things that a 13-year-old shouldn't be doing, but I wasn't out there kind of selling stuff on doors and I wasn't selling crisps at break time and things. So I'm not one of those that can say that, oh, my entrepreneur journey started at the age of 12 in a playground. Um, For me, I kind of really fell into it completely completely accidental I guess um I mean I had I, I suppose I'd always say that I mean I was always somewhat ambitious than most of the people that I knew um and most of the people that I was friends with like there was always I was always that I wanted more or I wasn't the same as them you know willing to kind of a uh, quote-unquote settle um in a job and such but then when obviously um I was out at school when I was 16 kind of to begin with dabbled in falling into that same you know just trying to fit in with all them not so I obviously needed a job so I went and got one I worked in a call center for a mobile company it was very short-lived though um six seven weeks I think was the duration of it Um, and from there then the only other job I've ever had would be working in a nursery and again that was like a four-week type of window so um I mean yeah the world of work didn't necessarily ever sit very well and I mean I thought I could I mean I would sit there a lot of the time and think that people were doing things really wrong um I mean the managers are really generally pretty piss poor at their job um I disagreed with how they did some things as well. So I suppose I always thought I, I struggled um, with the concept of doing what other people told you to do, even though it was really stupid. Um, and then when I was 18, um, I was pregnant and my the, my daughter that I was pregnant with um, was stillborn. And I guess it was after then really that I really fell into the whole entrepreneur thing. Um, my husband, who I wasn't married to at the time, but um, he was working in a factory and you know it was you know, minimum wage type of stuff. It was with an agency as well, so it wasn't as if it was a permanent job. There was always a risk that he could be you know, out of work at a, at a moment's notice. So, um, and I really just kind of like fell into it from there. We were planning to get married at the time and i had you know we were obviously because of the money situation we were trying to do it on the cheap as well so while planning it we were buying some different things and stuff and then my initial kind of business that i fell into really started from there needed some extra money um for us to get married needed some extra money in general because i mean he wasn't earning a lot we had two kids 11 months apart as well so it was kind of like um really kind of just fell into it Um, I don't have like a I was 13 and I sold my first thing I was always different and more ambitious to most people and and the world of work certainly didn't necessarily sit very well with me but from there I genuinely just fell into it all
0: right because I I'm I'm curious why you went from call center to nursery it was it was it just a case of I needed the money or was it just that that was the job that was around I mean why what they they, they do seem they do seem very different
1: well um also I did then go and spend uh, six seven months living in London when I was 16 as well so um I did some things with, I ended up um, meeting some people um, when I was up there and I ended up um, doing some kind of help with them in their business and things like that. But then um, I ended up moving back to to Wales um, about seven months after being there. I mean, I was 16. Um, I mean, well, I probably shouldn't have even been living in London then, to be honest. But yeah, I was 16. So I moved to London for six or seven months. Um, And then I came back here. So it was after the call center thing. And when I came back here, there wasn't really anything around. Um, I mean, I didn't want to work in a call center again, because I mean, it didn't suit me at all. Um, And that was clear from the comments I had as well. Um, And then it was just like, well, it was just one of those, well, I've got to do something type of thing. Um, like once upon a time, I wanted to be a teacher, so it was like well there 's a nursery 's job, so i 'll just kind of take it you know it was a purely kind of i mean there 's not a ton of options um in my hometown like there's not a lot of kind of, you know, options or diversity and things. I couldn't drive at the time either. So that obviously limited me to public transport and that isn't brilliant. Um, so, I mean, there wasn't the option of like working with my husband work because together you needed to, to to have a car because you couldn't get there by public transport. So it was just one of those things, really, that I didn't have any clear idea on what I wanted to do um, I mean, when I was a kid, there was lots of different things. Like I wanted to be an astronaut, I wanted to be a vet, I wanted to be a teacher, I wanted to be loads of different things. But there was never anything that I... There was never a career then where I would say, I was like, oh my God, I definitely want to do this. And so from the call centre to the nursery, was more like it was just something else. You know, it was there, it was available, that was that.
0: Right, yeah, I mean, obviously depending on where you're based there are only certain things that you can do I mean a lot of people do say that location probably isn't important but then you need to think well if where you live doesn't have certain things that doesn't have access to certain facilities or places of work then as you say you know if, if you can't travel then you are you are somewhat limited so what what driven you to decide to start your own business then? So you went from, I know you mentioned that having the, having the job side of things didn't really fit because, you know, you, you seem to be the type of person that thinks for themselves. So when someone says, this is the way that you should be doing it in the back of your head, you can come up with a, with a, with a better way. <laughs> should, should we say for want of a, I don't know, a harsher way of putting it. But what, what driven you, you to decide okay i'll i'll do my own thing
1: um like i said at the time it was purely to well it was for two reasons one so i mean um we were going to have more kids so childcare's expensive um i mean at that point when other no other kids came into the equation, I wouldn't have been able to work because it would have been like I I, I wouldn't have been earning enough to pay for childcare to cover to cover the work. So, um, it wouldn't have been practical for me to do it. But we needed the additional income because. Uh, you know, like I said, my husband's job didn't pay a lot at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And, I mean, even if he worked kind of every hour of the day, every day of the week, we probably still wouldn't have had enough. And it was an agency job, which meant that there was no security at all. Like, you know, with a week's notice, he could have been put out of work. Um, And, you know, so there's that kind of... it It was the only kind of option. But to begin with, I didn't actually set it up with the intention of being where I am today it was purely as a kind of side thing it was only maybe after a month or two of kind of doing it and generally actually the comments that I had from people that spurred me on into you know what I'm gonna turn this into something really good successful and you're gonna eat your words
0: Right, so the so the were they, were they negative comments then? So you you mentioned comments in the back of my mind. It was oh okay, you got good feedback there you sort of push on, or, or was it? <laughs> so it was negative comments then.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of it was comments like, well, I mean, you know, how much are you actually going to be earning by that? Wouldn't it make more sense for you to just go and get a a job? I mean, you're never going to be earning enough money doing it. Like, why don't you just go to college and do something? Why don't you go and get some qualifications and stuff? And it was just those generally kind of negative type of, you know, what are you doing this for type of thing.
0: Mm. And did you... Did you argue with them or was it a case of, okay, well, there's no point in me trying to convert you, so to speak. I'm just going to go ahead and do it and you'll you'll see what the results bring then.
1: Um, I mean, I did argue my point with them. Um, I did show them, you know, lots of different figures. I would show them examples of, you know, other businesses. Um, I Yeah, I mean, I definitely tried to argue my point, but... Ultimately, in the end, it was gonna get me nowhere. So I actually decided never to talk to them about business ever again.
0: Right. So you. So would you say that you kind of stuck to your own, your own way of doing things there? I mean, but I, I imagine it being a a difficult decision to to almost leave them out of it. I mean, did you leave them out of it, or did, did they sort of have a part at all to play? at all or did you kind of go off on your own
1: no I mean they've been left out of it completely um it's not talked about it's not mentioned they know nothing um and that and that's how I decided to to keep it in the end
0: right so was that was that kind of by design or is that just the way it happened I mean what, what 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 would you think added to that or contributed to that happening
1: Um, I mean I think most of it was just me kind of thinking you know what like I'm not going to change your mind you're not going to change mine I'd rather you just didn't know anything um because it was easier than having to kind of just sit there and be quiet when they said something or easier than having to try and justify everything all the time so it was easier to just kind of take the stance of okay well I'm not even going to mention it to you you can just watch on the sidelines and
0: make your own conclusions Right, so it's, it's kind of like uh, avoiding the the negative feedback from other people then by not letting them sort of give them the space to have their say?
1: Yeah, I mean, people are entitled to have their say, but when they're not willing to listen to the points that are being put to them, um, which are obviously would, would kind of, you would hope, get some people to maybe look at things in a more balanced way, then I kind of come to the conclusion that it doesn't matter what you say to them. Um, nothing's going to change for them, so it's easier to just not even engage in that conversation anymore.
0: Right. So, what 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 advice would you have to someone then that maybe has has this situation whereby they, they do want to start their business, they do want to to go off on their own. What what advice would you give them if they if they're in if they're in like social circles or they're around certain people that are giving them this kind of negativity?
1: I mean, I think, I think there's kind of like two ways of, of doing it. So obviously there's the way that some people do, which is you kind of cut them out completely so you don't have anything else to do with them, which I did do with some friends. Um, but then obviously if we're talking family members, that's sometimes a bit more difficult. So with family members, for me, it's remembering that, you know, people can have their opinion, and if you've tried to engage in a conversation with them and get them to see your point of view and they're not willing to see it, then at that point, that conversation is never going to be constructive and they are simply trying to project their own fears and their own beliefs and their own stories onto you. And so even though everybody has the right to an opinion, not everybody it isn't that right to kind of force you into their way of life or into their way of thinking. And so for me, at that point, it's easy to just not engage in a conversation about it. If they bring it up, then you can simply say, everything's fine, move on, change the subject. Just don't get embroiled in those discussions and don't bring anything up yourself. Because like I said, you know, it's fine for somebody to have an opinion and it's certainly fine for people to voice that opinion. But if you have tried to put your point across and they're not willing to even look at it or consider it or even come around to where your way of thinking then in my opinion, that's not constructive for you or them. Um, so it's easy at that point to just disengage from ever talking about it with them.
0: Right. So, so obviously this was you going off on your own. This was you starting your own business. I mean, obviously, you, I mean, how long have you been in business for?
1: Um, so officially since, I mean, 2007, early 2008.
0: Right. So you've been doing. I imagine you've had a lot of businesses over that time. I mean, I don't want to take you take you all the way back. We may as well stick to current events, the th- things that you're doing now. So you help people. You help people up level the the amount of impact that they're making. So is this with their clients, or is this impact on a on a bigger scale? I mean, when, when you say impact, when you say I help. I have entrepreneurs enhance the amount of impact that they have. How would you, how would you define impact? Um, I think that's up to an
1: inv- individual to define what they see impact as. You know, I have clients who... Want to impact the world by writing a book and going on like speaking tours. And, and but then equally, I have clients that want to do it through a coaching kind of um, situation where they run group coaching or one to one coaching. Then I have clients that kind of see impact in a completely different way. Generally, my clients are coaches, experts, trainers, virtual assistants, personal trainers you know, anybody really who is selling either their services or a message or a gift. Um, that they have and they desire to put that out into the world and make a difference um, with it in some way, whether it's helping, um, you know, women kind of lose weight or whether it's it's helping people eat healthier or whether it's helping people become more aware of how to deal with stress or how to manage their time better, whatever it may be um, and whatever impact looks like for them is obviously individual. But essentially, it's about instead of somebody sitting in the corner whispering quietly about something they're passionate about for the rest of their life it's about taking that passion that message that gift that expertise whatever um and setting fire to the world with it so you know making sure that everybody knows about them that they can make you know they can help as many people as they want to they can make the you know they can earn the income they can they desire and really just about not being in that corner hiding away um and and having the message out there because so many people die. And I know that's kind of like a morbid thing to talk about, but so many people, so many people die having spent their whole life going, well, I really wish more people knew about this or, oh, I really wish I could have made a difference with this or like, oh, I just wish like people would hear me. And I guess it's that type of thing. You know, I want to... I want to help as many people as possible make use of that message and expertise and gift or whatever it might be while they're alive and really benefit from it and have them see other people benefit from it. than just die without anyone really ever knowing about
0: it. Right. So that, I mean, just, just what you said there gives, gives the impression that you're helping people not regret the life that they're living by sharing the gifts that they have on a scale that's, that's right for them
1: yeah i mean essentially um i think so many people spend their days wishing they could do something or wishing somebody knew about them um and you know i think everybody's got something to offer the world in some way shape or form um and they should you know they should be able to get it out there we live in the 21st century where we can be connected with some with billions of people at the touch of our fingertips nobody should be sat in the corner still quietly whispering away never being found
0: hmm. now I'm sure you've you've worked with a lot of people that have different struggles they've got different things that that you want to, to help them with or that they need help with but if if you could come up with just one piece of advice so I'll I'll make this a longer question so you have time to think about it but uh <laughs> well what, what would you say was the one piece of advice that you can give to someone that's struggling with making the impact that they want or even it just just stepping up to the plate to be able to take that swing I guess to, to that can actually make the biggest difference um do
1: there's so many things but Actually, when you said about stepping up to the plate, and uh, for me, actually, it would, be, it, would be about, it would be about making the choice. Um, and one of the biggest things I see the difference between the people who continue to struggle and continue to not be seen and continue to not make the money they desire versus the ones who do, is that a simple choice was made. The choice that they were no longer going to put up with being, being sit sat in the corner, they were no longer going to put up with Um, you know, having their fear, controlling them, they were no longer going to put up with not having the absolute life they deserve and the business that they desire to go with it. Um, And it's a choice. You know, I know a lot of people might be listening to this thinking, but I can't just choose to be seen. Yeah, I mean, okay, there's things that go into being seen, right? But it starts with a choice. It starts with making that non-negotiable choice to step the hell up step up into exactly who you need to be to be able to make that impact. Whether, you know, and obviously when we say who you need to be, um, I mean, obviously, you know, that's probably like a whole other topic for a podcast, right? But I mean, essentially, yeah. who do you need to be? You know, do you need to be confident? Do you need to be out there just sharing your stuff? Do you need to be doing lives? Do you need to be feeling abundant? Do you need to be believing in yourself? You know, there will be like things that we need to become The person who's visible right because obviously if we're not visible right now we're not the person that we need to be to do that so for me i would say the biggest decision the biggest tip for me would be make a damn choice make a choice and just step up to the plate and do it because stepping up to the plate is a choice and so many people don't necessarily realize that
0: yeah because i mean if if you actually make a choice, then, then there's obviously a lot of things that can go into that. So, so I know that once you make a choice, you're kind of choosing not to do other things. So, so there's so for for me, there's an element of commitment in there. I mean, w- w- would you say that that's something that that comes into it? So, their ability to make a choice, or what? What else do you think plays a part in someone's ability to make? A choice and actually could come to some kind of decision
1: I think there's probably a couple of things I think there's discipline and um, commitment and turning the power off to fear and those bullshit kind of beliefs and stories that you have playing out and um, I think it's a combination of all those three things really
0: right so when you say discipline what because when Ben we often talk about discipline it's very often it's very often to do with like being consistent right so it's being disciplined with something implies long term yeah and what so what what role do you think discipline plays in terms of making a, a choice to to be seen and to share their message
1: i think it's important that people realize that it takes discipline to get your ass off that sofa and into the game every single day and i'm not talking about sitting in front of the screen and working 24 7 because i'm not about that but it is about understanding every day you have to continue to step into the person that you desire to be and that you need to be and that's in like all areas it's in your environment the habits that you're living by it's in your mindset it's in the action that you're taking it's in the choices that you're making it's in the beliefs that you are holding on to it's in your health and wellness you know and for me discipline is literally about that it's literally about getting your ass out of bed every single morning and into play into whatever you need whatever you've committed to having to need and you know like I said it's not about working every hour of the day but It is about having the discipline to switch the computer off at nine o'clock because you know if you have it on any later than that, then you have a rubbish night's sleep and then that kind of falls into your next morning. It's about having the discipline of saying, okay, well, you know, I need to meditate in my morning routine. Always having the discipline of saying, you know, I don't really feel like doing that live right now, but I'm going to do it because it's a commitment that I've made. It's discipline on all levels. It's all areas of your life, or the whole environment of you and the business and everything that kind of goes with it.
0: That's, it, it seems really interesting when you talk about things like that because obviously it, it implies, like you say, you're going to do something and then you do it. It's, it. It seems so so simple, I guess, when I put it like that you know like you you say you're gonna as you said you know turn turn your computer off at nine o'clock and and then you actually end up doing it I mean how 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 do you think that plays into it there because that's the first thing that comes to my mind is okay it's simply a case of doing what you say you're gonna do I mean what, what what do you think plays a part in terms of like if you were to if you were to help someone be more disciplined what would be like I don't know, the first one or two ideas that spring to mind when you help someone become more disciplined.
1: As in what they would see if they were more disciplined?
0: I mean, I think, I think if, if, if someone was, was struggling with their discipline, right, so it could be anything. It could be like, I don't know, like you've, you've made a commitment, you've decided, you've made this choice to do a video every single day let's just say what what do you think would play a part in terms of like improving their their discipline with that
1: um well actually i mean it comes back to making the choice right um it's making that choice to be disciplined nobody is going to do it for you nobody is going to be disciplined for you and nobody can kind of create that discipline you know inside of you it's a choice to be disciplined or not it's, it's essentially making the choice between getting yourself you know showing your commitment to your dreams and your goals and where you desire to be versus you know sending a message out to the to the world that kind of says well I sometimes want, want, want that to be a reality but not all the time though and, um, you know, it, 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 being disciplined, again, comes down to a choice, as does, does most things. But it's that, I, I know, like, um, there's the video, right, where they talk about the whole 5, 4, three, two, one thing. So some people find that really useful. You know, if you're in a situation where, I don't know, let's say, although I mean, generally, you wouldn't use it in a strictly the same way, but it can be utilized. I mean, generally, um, the five, four, three, two, one 1 thing is more aimed at you know um you know when maybe you're afraid of doing something it's a case of just doing it whereas sometimes when you lack discipline it can be that you're afraid of actually doing it but it can you know other things can also come into play but it's a case of you know i made the decision five four three two one go you know whether that's okay turning the computer off um going for a run you know eating my meals drinking water but um, generally it's a choice it comes down to it being a choice and people I'm not, I mean, people, I mean, I'm going to say something that might be a bit kind of controversial, but oh, I mean, it's
0: generally... all right. we, all, we all love controversial stuff.
1: <laughs> I mean, generally, generally, there are far too many people out there right now, I think, in my opinion, anyway, that want it all without Having without thinking that they need to be disciplined to make some sacrifices sometimes, even when they may not necessarily feel like it, to get it. And I don't agree with it. Um, you know, Success is something that is earned, it's not given. Now, I don't mean that in the sense of it needs to be really hard work. And I certainly don't mean that in the sense of you need to work every hour of the day. But people do need to understand that you do need discipline. And discipline and commitment comes from making a choice. And if you cannot motivate your ass to make that choice, then the question is, do you really want it enough? Because if you need somebody to put the discipline in you, then how much do you really want it? Because I'll tell you something, if I any goal that I've ever really wanted and anything that I've ever wanted with my business or otherwise has always motivated me to get out and do whatever I needed to do. Have I had wobbles? Absolutely. Do I have moments where I think, oh, you know, I really don't want to do this today. Or, you know, well, you know, rather than get up now, I could really, like, spend another hour hour kind of lying in bed. But then there's that goal at the end of it. And that goal motivates me to move my ass and do it. And, you know... it's not going to come to me if I, if i 'm not going to play my role in it, and you don't get it by being a lazy kind of sit, sitting down doing nothing oh i don 't really feel like it, or well you know or you know i, I don't necessarily want to look after myself and you know and all those things. I think for me, discipline is a choice, and you have to have
0: it yeah i mean that's as it seems like the the one thing that I guess plays a part in all the others so like if you're more disciplined then you're more likely to be able to do other things once you're able to do that so when we talk about having choices I mean are there some choices that I don't know his way of explaining it is that there are things that you can do that would probably require more discipline or, or would probably cause more negativity around it than others. So I'll give you a quick example. So for some people, like playing a sport, for instance, might help them, like you mentioned losing weight and things, it might help them lose weight more than going to the gym but they're doing similar stuff like they're they're exercising right so sometimes it's the actual thing that you're choosing that can make the discipline easy so I know some people that that play sport five times a week and they end up losing weight but if they if that same person was to commit to going in the gym five times a week they would need to really really force themselves to go and they wouldn't enjoy it and they would hate it so how how much do you think the actual thing that you choose to do it impacts your ability to to be disciplined and commit to things and get ultimately get the results that they want
1: i mean for me that comes down to you should only be you know, when we're talking about environments and we're talking about habits and stuff, then you would only be putting into that environment and into the habits, disciplines, and uh, things that you're choosing to do that are going to benefit you and fill you up rather than defill you. So, you know, obviously, you wouldn't necessarily choose something. Let's say, you know, like weight was an issue then. Yes, you're going to choose something that you enjoy doing rather than something you don't enjoy because the thing you enjoy will help you gather results, right? It's all part of the environment. You're existing in. And generally, you know, what we become disciplined with has to play into the environment in which we're operating from and living in. You know, if we are operating in an environment where we don't enjoy anything that we do and you know, where we feel really crap about it as well, then we're not going to thrive. And if we're not going to thrive, then none of the stuff is going to thrive. You know, creativity won't thrive and our sales won't thrive. And, you know, our production won't thrive and our motivation won't thrive. And therefore our business doesn't thrive. So, you know, it's all about making sure that, you know, you actually do enjoy the stuff you're doing. But with that being said, equally, don't use that as an excuse Because sometimes you do have to do something you might not particularly like at the beginning to kind of get to somewhere. So, for example, then a lot of people will say, I don't like doing Facebook lives, even though they've never really done them. That is fear talking. Yeah. So sometimes you have to recognize the difference between genuinely not liking something and fear telling you you don't like it.
0: Right, so it's kind of like, it's almost like you won't know unless you try. So, so what, at what point then, or are there any signs that, that you know of where someone should probably change what they're doing because it's probably giving them like diminishing returns from, from I mean, their I would say, effort?
1: I would say you probably, rather than kind of look for a sign, you want to just sit down and, and ask yourself you know, what do you dislike about it? And remove the emotion when you're doing it. So remove the emotion from, from the from the thing and remove fear from the from the situation and ask the question, you know, what do I dislike about it? And then work through it, you know, is this a valid reason? Do I really dislike it? Do I feel better after it? Because that's another thing, don't forget. There are some, some people who don't like the thought of doing it but feel amazing after they've done it. But every time they go to do it, they have the thought of, oh, I really don't like doing this, even though after that, they feel amazing. So I think it's more about taking the thing and dissecting it, dissecting and analysing that whole, what you don't actually like about it and discover whether is it a fear thing or is it something I genuinely do dislike.
0: Well, that's, that, that, that seems quite important because obviously we, we use Facebook lives as an example. I mean, if you're someone that might not like, you know, the, the getting yourself in the right place to do it, but afterwards you feel, you feel great and you feel like, you know, you're on cloud nine sort of thing. Like I know from my own experience that although I'm a very nervous person, I find doing things like videos and recently speaking on stage and things afterwards, I feel like I could do like a full day's work in like an hour afterwards. My my heart's pumping and breathing like an absolute, you know, sprinter going like 500 meters and my whole body just feels like it's on cloud nine. And I could, you know, attack the entire world at that point but beforehand I'm a I'm a complete wreck you know I'm I'm very often talking myself out of it so how how important do you think dissecting certain things are and how how do you well how would you suggest people remove the emotions from their decisions because we're often emotional people so how, how important do you think dissecting things are and have you got any suggestions for people that can help them take the emotion out of their decisions
1: I mean as regards of how important is to dissect it's always important it's always important to be really aware of what's actually going on for yourself because when you're not aware of what's going on it tends to be why fear can come and take control why you know your victim might come out to play why martyr comes out to play why you end up in that self-sabotage spin where things go really well and then they take six months step back because you don't end up doing anything and you're in that constant cycle of getting to a certain point, ending all the way back. You know, being aware is really, really important. It's important on lots of different levels. You know, and um, you mentioned you know the whole speaking kind of thing. There are times where I can sit there and I can be like, oh you know, I really don't feel like doing this live or like I really don't feel like writing that post or I really don't feel like doing this. And then I kind of have come to learn that, to ask myself in that moment, okay, well, what is it that I don't think I like about this? What is it that I would be doing, I would prefer to do instead? You know, the, a couple of weeks ago, I, I was going to do this live and genuinely, genuinely didn't want to do it. And I was sitting there convincing myself, you don't want to do it, it'll be crap because you're not in the right frame. of mind, you don't really want to do it, blah, blah, blah. And when I was think like, well, what do you want to do instead? Like my answer was to sit there and do nothing. But then would I feel better after doing nothing? Probably not. So when I actually analyzed it and looked at it and I was aware, it enabled me to actually come to the conclusion, you know what? I'm not going to feel any better if I sit here and do nothing. In fact, I'll probably feel worse because then I'll be thinking, I probably should have just done that live. And because I won't have filled myself up in any way. Whereas if I, when I did the live, yeah, you know, pushing that go live button at first was a bit like, oh, you know, I really don't want to be doing this. But I did it and I pushed through it because I was aware that it was a total story that was coming in for me. After the live, I felt totally amazing. Sometimes we actually need the very thing that we don't want to do. You know, so many people, um, like they say, like, oh, you know, I wish I had some motivation or some inspiration or I lack creativity. And yet they spend their day going, Oh, I don't really want to do that live. Oh, I don't really want to ask for that call. I don't really want to comment on that post. Oh, I don't really want to ask a question. All things which for many of us actually would fill us up. And instead they sit there doing nothing rather than, uh, other than scrolling through their Facebook, looking through the meaning of life for 10 hours a day. And then they feel even worse. So it's really important that you're aware of what's going on for you, a way of your triggers, a way of you know fear when it's coming up, a way of you know when you're about to spin into self-sabotage. Because when you're aware, you can keep yourself on the right path. Whereas when you're not aware, you end up where most people find themselves, which isn't where they want to be. Um, as regards of moving to removing the emotion, I mean you, you kind of need to do it in stages. You obviously need to make the decision to remove the emotion, but you also need to ask yourself logical questions so you know um an example then we'll stick to facebook Lives because it tends to be um oh actually we can use the gym so somebody then um you know doesn't doesn't necessarily want to go to the gym um and is kind of like maybe working themselves up about it, convincing themselves they don't want to go oh no and all this type of stuff if they ask themselves why they don't want to go let's say this person said Um, They don't want to go because they think everybody's going to laugh at them because they, you know, like they're going to look stupid on machines or something. Then that isn't a logical answer, right? That's an answer tied to an emotion. So, in that instance, that person should ask themselves the question again logically, logically, why don't you want to go? And it's really just a case of asking yourself that question and keep continuing to remove emotion from every answer you give. It, it, it doesn't ask, it, I mean, it can be done in steps, right? So you ask yourself the question, you give the answer. Is that answer attached to an emotion? Yes, it is. Okay, ask for a logic, ask for proof of that. Ask for cold hard evidence and proof that the answer you've just given is factually correct. Because generally, when something's tied to an emotion, we can't find cold hard proof to back that claim up because it's just fueled by an emotion that we have. Sometimes it's fear, sometimes it's, it's just the you know you have the anxiousness, sometimes um, it's anger, it could be anything right But if you ask yourself the question, you come up with the answer and then ask yourself the proof to back that answer up because logically it needs it needs proof for it to actually be real
0: Yeah, I think there's there's got to be something said definitely for that because. Emotion, yeah, there could still be evidence for that, even though you're emotional. But I find, I find that emotion very often can like, cloud certain things. Yeah, like they, and it also,
1: just... yeah, it also makes things like 20 times bigger than they need to be. Um, and sometimes it's also about kind of removing yourself from the question. So, for example, thinking about, uh, okay, we'll remove you as a person. And ask that question logically. If it was somebody else and they said this to you, what would you say? Would you think that that was a logical answer? Um, mm-hmm. And it can be sometimes about looking at the situation without you, kind of logically, without you emotionally involved in it. So take yourself out and look at it from a different point of view, and put someone else in in, in place of you—somebody who you're not connected with—and then ask the question again.
0: Yeah, I quite I quite like the the idea of asking questions that change change your perspective in in a way that you know brings about an answer that you probably have more evidence for you mentioned you mentioned self awareness being being important if if someone if someone was struggling with with being self aware like whether it be you know physically emotionally just a case of like you know what do i actually want to do have you got any strategies for us Jane that might actually help us become more self-aware
1: I mean self self self-awareness is just get into the habit of not taking everything that you say or do at face value so not taking everything that you think as gospel. It's getting into the habit of questioning yourself. It's getting into the habit of recognizing your pitfalls of what sends you in a spin. So for example, for me, um, something that actually I've, I've been work- only really been working on the past kind of 18 months is there are certain kind of patterns that I have that, kind of they don't send me in a spin as such but they certainly open the door for fear to come in and so um sleep is a big one for me now i'll be honest i spent many years um as an entrepreneur with that belief around you've got to work, 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 get up at six, go to sleep at three, get up at six, go to sleep at three. And I did it, you know, when I had two young kids at the time as well. And so I was, I was in that kind of space where I believe that's what it was, right? Because that's what you see other people doing. That's what you see famous entrepreneurs doing. They're flying you there everywhere and they're always at meetings and they're busy, 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 and they never sleep and they preach out, they never sleep. But for me, lack of sleep, doesn't fuel me anymore. Um, like I need more sleep now than I did kind of, you know, six years ago. And one thing that's come in for me over the past kind of 18 months, because I went on this journey of like massive kind of um, self-development and a growth of, over the past 18 months was sleep. Sleep was like a big one for me that if I didn't have enough sleep, fear would come in um, and it would kind of like cause absolute mayhem. So I'm aware that if I don't get enough sleep, fear is going to try and come in. Therefore, I, I now kind of got into the habit of, okay, well, I didn't get six hours last night. I know I need extra kind of self-care today than maybe I needed yesterday. And if I don't do it, fear is going to come in. So for me, it's about being aware of what triggers you. It's about being aware of, take a look at your day. You know how, how many times are you eating? How, many, how much water are you drinking? How much exercise are you doing? And I know that's genuinely not right a very kind of fun thing for people to think about. But when we are talking about you and, and trying to get the success that you desire, 99% of it is about the person who's going after it. It's about the person who's implementing all of this stuff. And if the person who's implementing all of this stuff, and again, I'm going to say something that may not go down very well with some people, but put it this way. If you are overweight, not looking after yourself, not sleeping correctly and shoveling junk down your throat while guzzling pop every single hour of the day, do you really think you're operating in the prime space to get your best results? No. You are not fooling yourself in the right way. You are not, you're not even going to feel that good about yourself and if you don't feel good about yourself... You're not going to go and get the results. You're not going to feel motivated to do anything. You're not going to be putting the the, the right message out there, and therefore it all falls down. So you know you have to be aware of what fills you. You've got to be aware of your triggers. Ask yourself, what do you know that sends you in a spin? And you know, understand and get into the habit of questioning things. Don't take everything you think at face value. If you say to yourself, "I don't feel like doing this right now," question it. Oh, I can't say yes to this opportunity. Question it. Oh, I'm not very good at doing Facebook lives. Question it. Get into the habit of questioning your thoughts. And then you've got to know what fuels you. You have to be aware of what fuels you. And sometimes you have to have a very frank and honest conversation with yourself. You know, is my life right now fueling me in the right way? Am I nourishing myself in the right way? Am I actually, you know, taking exercise into the equation? Because being aware is, is, you know, we're not just talking about being aware on one level. You know, you need to be aware on every single level. Know what fills you on a daily basis. Know what your triggers are and get into the habit of completely questioning yourself and not taking things at face value.
0: Yeah, I I, I definitely would agree with that. I mean, there's a a lot of things that you said there that I think I just like to repeat for people, really. So, like, asking yourself questions, looking for proof, um, reverse engineering... The certain things that you said that the fear comes in when you don't have enough sleep when you're not rested. So therefore, you know you sleep more, you make sure that you're rested, so that fear is obviously less likely to come in. So you've had to obviously ask yourself questions around your 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 state. You know the the stories that you're having that make you feel a bit more fearful, and say, okay, well, when I'm rested, do these things happen? And you've obviously had this answer of, no, they probably happen a lot less. So then you said, right, well, if I want to prevent these things from happening, you're then you know, inclined to sleep more and take certain actions and, and do certain things. So just for people that, that have no idea what you mean, what do you mean by self-care?
1: Um, so self-care is anything really that refills you. So for me, I've got a list of 21 things that I enjoy that refill me. And it's about you doing something that really replenishes you. So something that you enjoy doing, something that's fun, something that fills you in some kind of way. So on my list of 21 things, I have everything from uh, getting my nails done and having my hair done, because who doesn't, right, um, to... Getting outside, to, to get outside and running or going to the gym. Um, and I know for some people, they'd be like, what? That's not a self-care thing. But it is because it fuels me because it enables me to, you know, it thrives my, you know, it, it kicks my creativity and things because if I'm feeling good about myself, then creativity likes to come out to play. I've also got things on my self-care list like, um, you know, sitting down and watching a film or listening to music or um, journaling or um, even even talking to clients, yes, you know I have talking to clients on my self care list because talking to them is something that I enjoy doing and it fills me up. So, self care is essentially about activities that fill you.
0: Right. So obviously, uh, I would imagine you would put sleep in that bracket. So when you mention that you don't sleep enough, you go right. Well. I've got to make up for that and make sure I have a day where I add extra things in to kind of balance things out a little bit more
1: no so I don't actually have sleep on my self-care list however I do have nap (laughs) Um, because here's (laughs) the difference right self-care is um is is uh, an additional to what you need so for me what I need to let's say survive on a daily basis is one thing what I need to thrive is the self-care stuff on top of the daily needs. So sleep for me comes under my daily needs. I have three meals a day, um, healthy meals, no processed food, although sometimes I slip off the wagon with that, as you well know. Um, and um, water, so it's drinking a certain amount of water every day. Um, and um, exercise, actually, I have on my uh, on my daily needs those are those are things that I need daily they're things that enable me to function let's say function at the best possible kind of rate my self-care is about thriving it's about creating the best environment on top of my daily needs
0: right so you, so if if you imagine like um, a balance in be kind of thing you know like yeah. uh, you've got weight on one end and other things on the other end you want to so sleep and things help make the balance level, but then you've got self-care and things to shift that balance in your favor. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Okay, cool. So if, if we're going like to shift forwards a touch, we're going to try to move towards s- certain things that I guess other people might not be aware of you know in terms of like strategies for enhancing the amount of impact that they have how this is going to seem like a complete tangent but hopefully it won't be um how do you think someone's self awareness comes into the strategies that they actually use so we use facebook live as an example well what if you know you've never done one before how how do you how does that come in so if if you know that you're a good writer for instance like writing's pretty cool it's in your it's in your skill set but it might not be in someone else's skill set but how how would someone how would someone put their their self-awareness to work then in terms of like translating it into business strategies for instance um
1: as in how does self-awareness benefit them in business or do you mean in a different way
0: yeah I think I think it's if if we're talking like tangible things that people would do how how would how would self-awareness come into that
1: so self-awareness and I mean put it this way right let's say you had two people side by side who did exactly the same thing with exactly the same business with exactly the same price points and exactly the same strategy one of them is rocketing ahead the other one stays stuck. The difference between the two will be self-awareness. Because it's always about the person who's actually implementing the strategies rather than the strategy themselves. Because right, when, yeah. you're not, when you're not self-aware, what tends to happen is you're not going to be able to be as productive as the person who is. Because you're going to spend way more of your time sitting there doing nothing because fear tells you not to. Or because you're too tired because you didn't you're not aware of what triggers you you're not aware of your daily needs or you're not you're going to sit there staring at a blank screen with creativity not working because you haven't filled yourself up in a way that creativity thrives so self-awareness is the difference between a strategy working on paper versus a strategy actually working
0: right so obviously that 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 might also come down to like doing the things that are effective, as well. So obviously, you, you, you mentioned, like, staring at your screen or doing work, but that could also come down to, like, do you spend too long doing things that aren't benefiting you as well? I mean, does, does that have an impact on those sorts of things as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, spending too long on something is just as kind of, has just as much of an impact as not doing it at all.
0: Okay, so I, mean, you, I, I think I'm not 100% certain because we've been talking for quite a while now, but um, you've all, you have also mentioned things like mindset as well. So does, does mindset come into it? I mean, I, I know self-awareness is probably one of the underlying aspects of, say, someone's mindset. But how, how do you think mindset plays a part?
1: Yeah, I mean, self-awareness is obviously part of mindset. But for me, um, mindset, again, um, is the person who's implementing it. So, um, mindset is 80% of what success is made up of really. Um, and self-awareness is obviously included within that. Um, but I'll hold my hands up and I'll say for, um, if you would have asked me that question six years ago, I probably would have laughed and said nothing doesn't affect the thing. Because for me, it was all about strategy. It was all about, I just need to do X, Y, Z strategy, and that's what will, will work. Um, mindset never really entered my mind at all until um, much later than that. Um, but I have seen the difference, and I've experienced the difference, between being somebody with the right mindset trying to make it work versus somebody with who doesn't kind of believe the whole mindset thing at all or having the wrong mindset and trying to make it work and there's a massive difference um mindset is huge and um people don't pay enough attention to it or they don't fully commit to putting what they learn into action
0: right so are there any so we're sort of coming to near the end now but um are there any powerful strategies that you could come up with or that you could give our give our listeners for I guess making sure that they're in a more effective mindset more often because obviously we have I mean, I'm, I'm under the impression that we all have aspects that we actually have as in we have moments when we're confident we have moments when we're happy we have moments when we we believe in ourselves so it's not a case if we have to create these out of air, so to speak it's about I mean for, for me at least it's about making them show up more often so if you've got any strategies that, that people might be able to use and maybe maybe even take some time to outline some of them if 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 you feel the need uh, to be honest what what, what sort of strategies <laughs> um, would you recommend people do
1: for mindset yeah um well I mean I guess the first thing is figuring out what you need to change right like is there anything that you need to change or tweak about your mindset I think mindset's made up of so many different things that there isn't a one-size-fits-all cookie cutter kind of strategy that, that, that works and I mean I don't like them anyway um but you have to figure out where your dips are then as such, you know, because for some people you, I mean, there's no, you can't fix something. And I don't want you with, with fix because it makes you sound like there's something wrong, but mm. um, you can't change something if you're not aware of what it is that needs changing. So it could be that you're currently, you know, let's say you wanted to earn 10K a month. Are you the person that you need to be to earn 10K a month? What does the mindset of a 10K k month person look like? Um, or the 10K k month you look like rather. Um, it could be that, you know, you're holding on to a lot of beliefs and things that that, that, that that don't serve you, in which case obviously you would need to look at them. You know, I think there's so many variables, but, but obviously the first place would be you need to figure out what do you need to change about your mindset, you know. um are you lacking self-belief you know when when somebody says something is the first thing that you kind of come up with well no that'll never happen to me or i'm not good enough or you know the language that you're using to yourself and i don't think there's a kind of like a one-size-fits-all strategy when it comes to mindset but you've certainly got to begin with understanding okay well what needs to change for you you know what where do you need to maybe make some changes what do you need to change
0: right so so a lot of the strategies that that people use maybe your your clients use it's all tailored around like okay well what what situation do you find it in or what's the actual thing that you're wanting to to change in the first place and i guess it it does come back to so yeah it does come back to self-awareness that so if, if you're listening to this and and you're you, finding it difficult to connect a lot of these dots, it all comes back to self-awareness because if if you're doing the things that, that do benefit you and you are getting the results from, whether it be mindset or or business, I know Jay mentioned um, Facebook Lives and writing and stuff like that, but if, if you're not actually capable of doing those things, you know, Jane also said that doing the wrong thing for too long because you're not self-aware enough to understand why it's not working or why it's simply not working for you, that you could, you could be in a rut for a long time. Uh, you know, Jane's sort of taking back to the discipline side as well is discipline is about doing things over and over again. So a lot of it could also be, okay, well, what are you actually capable of doing over and over again so if, if you ask yourself the questions again Jay mentioned questioning certain things again like a lot of people do things without thinking okay can I do this for a year or can I actually get up and go right I'm going to do a Facebook live once a week for a year I'm also going to write this and write that I want to do this that and the other thing I think a lot of people don't question things enough I, I do get the impression that jane sort of say okay you need to be self-aware enough you need to be disciplined enough in order to be consistent enough to get the results that you want and a lot of it can come down to your emotional state and making sure that you reverse engineer the things that are happening that are stopping you so jane mentioned fear but also just things like being stressed out just not being quite right not being your your best self because i mean I, i know j Jane said it was what eighty percent of your abilities to succeed is your mindset. It just proves how how all of these things entwine and, and intermingle and and all play a part so i don 't think i mean Jane you probably agree with me with this, but achieving the, the impact that you desire and you know, earning the income that that you desire to to live the life that you want it's it's never it's never just one thing it's kind of the message that i'm sort of getting from this is there's no there's no one thing there's no one thing that you can do there's no one strategy and even what works for somebody else might not work for you you need to be self-aware enough to know what you do yourself like personally before I would say before you actually start taking the action in the first place.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, when it comes to earning the income you desire and redesign, being where you want to be, self awareness and making sure that you are existing and, and operating from an environment which thrives and um, which enables you to thrive rather than kind of, you know depletes you or takes away from you and things, you know, it's kind of the key really and having a strategy which works for you on the business side of things. But I mean, ultimately so many people end up stuck in a rut because they put themselves in that rut because they don't even understand why they're really in it. They think that they're in it because they don't have enough people on the list or they don't have enough, um, you know, they're not making enough sales. And, and yes, those are all things that are the result of them being in this rut but the rut tends to be caused by the person not being away and not feeling themselves and not kind of operating in in an environment which enables them to thrive.
0: Yeah, it it does seem like it's playing a massive part and I think people are starting to understand it a little bit more, but I still think there is, there is work to be done. So what, what, Very important piece of advice. Would you like to leave us with? And do you have any? You know, there could be book recommendations. There could be resource recommendations. Do you have any parting piece of guidance? Any resources that you could recommend people? And then we'll we'll ask you one or two more questions before we finish.
1: Um, I guess my biggest piece of thing to people would be to really understand the role they they play in making the money they desire. So, you know, I think so many people make it really hard because of the language they use and how they look at it. So when we take the number, like, I don't know, 5K, 10K, 50K, 100K, more if you wanted to. And when we look at the kind of number, a lot of people have this habit of going, well, I need to make 20K. I need to make 10K. I need to make... And when we use that language, um, you know, it's really generally... It makes things sound really hard, you know, because you've got to make all that money, but I mean we're not a mint, and um, we don't produce the money, we don't need to make it. And so you know what, I think the biggest thing that I think people need to realize is stop strangling yourself with the language that you are using around the money goals that you have, and stop strangling yourself with how you choose to look at that goal. So instead of looking at the goal and thinking, "Well, I need to make 50k, which sounds really hard, understand the Whatever money you desire, it already exists in the world. It's already been made for you. Your ID clients have it in some way, shape, or form, whether they have it in the bank account readily available or whether they have it somewhere else. That money has already been made and there's always enough money and there's always the money that you desire to receive and that's the thing it's not you making the money it's you receiving the money um and understanding that the role you play is about you receiving the income that you desire and receiving the money you desire in exchange for something that you wish to make impact within the world um as regards of book recommendations um i mean i'm not a huge reader Um, and shock horror right because every successful person should be a massive book reader but i'm really not um i've read a few books in my time and one of the one of the ones that i always recommend um to clients if they're struggling with fear and things is the big magic um that one particularly to understand you know how fear works um and you know, a lot of it in there um, gives you an insight into self-awareness and things. So by Elizabeth Gilbert, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. That would probably be my book recommendation, purely because I haven't read many, and that is one that I actually do genuinely recommend to clients.
0: All right, and uh, the last question that I I want to get into the habit of always finishing with is what do you want the world to know about you that it doesn't already know
1: um (laughs) um (laughs) that's like a really tricky question um
0: probably the more harder ones that we've had today
1: yeah because now i'm thinking you know like what do i say (laughs) um Well, are we talking serious or are we talking like in a, in a joking type of
0: way? It can be as serious as you want to make it.
1: Well, I mean, I think I've covered all the bases as regards of um, like what, what I do business-wise and stuff. So, I mean, there's nothing that I can think of there. So, I guess I would end with something a bit more kind of thing in the sense of, well, my favourite cake is chocolate fudge cake, and I really don't mind receiving them as gifts. So if anybody wishes to send me a cake at any point, send one of them my way.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, well, I know, I know that, there's, that there's a lot of, of good things in there, Jamie. We, we did cover a lot. So hopefully if, if people are listening and didn't quite catch all of it, I know I tried to, to join up a couple of the dots um but a lot of people listening might have missed things out or i might have missed things out so really very really very strongly suggest that that you re-listen to this one um how how would you how would you advise people to follow you so if someone wanted to learn more about you what you're up to feel free to to share a way for people to do that
1: uh, well, the easiest way is probably um, either my Facebook page um, or joining my Facebook group, although you can also find me on Instagram and Snapchat. But um, generally, um, I mean, hang, I hang out in my Facebook group, so if you, you, know, you listen to this and you wanted to ask me any questions or, um, you know, if you just wanted to come and hang out, then um, my Facebook group, The Impact Preneur Lounge, um, generally would be the best place to find me.
0: Okay, well... Um... I'll put the the link to join the the Facebook group in the show notes as well so people can can find the link to join the Facebook group. So Jane, thanks for for joining us today and I hope you have a, a great rest of the day.
1: Thanks for having me.